0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you for joining us for the very first episode of our new podcast. I'm Les. And I'm Mo. And this is The Les and Mo Show. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. This is so exciting. I, I know that. This is something we've been working on for quite a while now. Yeah. We've really been building up to this premiere date. So we really hope that you guys enjoy um, this journey with us. We really hope that you enjoy episode one as well. Um, It's very special to me in particular. Um, But just to tell you a little bit about us, um, we are newlyweds. So that's kind of cool. We have um, been married for about three months now, yeah. Which it's been a great three months to say the least. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We are really into the paranormal. We're really into murder mysteries and true crime
1: always have been yeah yeah
0: it's something that we really connect over to which is great because we'll sit there and we'll send each other like posts and we'll send each other tiktoks and all this stuff about conspiracy theories galore and it's just something that we really enjoy i've
1: i've probably watched every episode of unsolved Uh, mysteries yeah unsolved mysteries
0: yeah the old and the new ones yeah yeah (laughs) so you know there's that and all the other crime docs that we watch and everything so it's something that you know is special to us and we thought why not make a podcast about it let's bring you guys some content that you might not have heard of some of it you might have but nonetheless we just wanted to share a little bit about us so you guys kind of know who
1: we are. Yeah, and I'm and I'm super excited for this. Honestly, just, this is just like a hobby for us and we really just enjoy, you know, talking about it and especially listening to what other people have to say about some of these topics cuz, you know, there will be some conspiracy theories involved. Yes. Um like Leslie mentioned some unsolved mysteries, murders, paranormal you know aliens so it's a lot of cool stuff
0: and we plan on having guests so we like he said we like to talk about this stuff with other people and not just between ourselves so we're gonna get guests on the show and somehow we got so lucky to have a guest on episode one so yeah you guys will definitely like that especially if you're some of our friends and fans from the alton area you're gonna get a kick out of this
1: before we dive into episode one Be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're on Spotify, follow us and give us a rating. And you can follow us on social media as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Less and Mo Show. Today, we're talking about Alton, Illinois, the most haunted little town in America, located in Southwest Illinois and is part of the Metro St. Louis area.
0: I'm so excited right now. Like, I am just geeked right now. Um, Alton is my hometown, guys. I was born there and I lived there until I was about 14. So I grew up with all of these stories of hauntings and the paranormal and just the rich history of Alton. So I feel really honored to be able to share this with other people because I don't feel like Alton gets the attention that it should get. It's yeah. a gem of a town. It's a beautiful town on the river in Illinois. It's insanely gorgeous in the fall, and I highly recommend everybody go check it out. But it,
1: it truly is, honestly. And when you get in Alton, I mean, you wouldn't think that all the history behind it and, and you know yeah. what actually happened, but and on the same side, it is very truly haunted. Like I've experienced it so many other people that i've met have experienced it different you know it's been on different shows and things like Mm -hmm. that so we're really going to get into two locations in this episode uh we will be splitting up alton into different episodes later on yes um but two of the biggest locations we're going to be talking about right now
0: yeah there's just so much to alton that it would be really hard to fit it all into Mm -hmm. one episode so let's just start with the history of alton how it got founded and go from one location to the other Mm -hmm. um so alton was founded in 1818 as a ferry site to transport people and supplies between illinois and missouri um illinois and missouri are divided by the mississippi river um so st louis was already a booming town at this time um, it was really coming up and people were wanting to kind of expand into the Illinois region of the area so they started this ferry site and not too long after that Alton emerged as a booming river town, and it was used as a river port from northern, from the north of the Mississippi to the south um, of the Mississippi River. So there's actually still a ferry transporting people back and forth to this day, and we've actually been yeah. on it.
1: I've been on it twice, and it's a it's a really quick ride. You know, across the river, just about ten minutes. You wait yeah. for the ferry, and uh, load up and go. You no, know, the across. Mississippi's obviously runs across the country almost, but. You know, in terms of its width, it's not that wide. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, I mean, and it's gotten smaller over the years, but um, we'll kind of hint, hint, uh, mm-hmm. touch on that later in the episode. But during the Civil War era, Alton played a small but influential role in the war. It was home to Camp Butler, a prisoner of war camp, um, and it was home to parts of the Underground Railroad, which I think is so, so cool.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yes. That's crazy. Um, Alton was really involved um, as abolitionists of slavery, and it was home to Elijah P. Lovejoy, who was a newspaper editor, and um, he supported the abolition of slavery, but he was killed by a pro-slavery mob.
1: So actually, speaking on Elijah P. Lovejoy, this is a crazy story. About three years ago, uh, Leslie and I were in Alton for Halloween, and... And at the Alton Cemetery, they have a monument for Elijah P. Lovejoy. It's this massive monument with these tall statues and it like overlooks the cemetery and we decide our crazy asses were like, yo, <laughs> let's go. Well, it was mainly Leslie, guys. It was not I me. will
0: say, yes, it was me because being from Alton, of course, I'm like, I'm hey, from the
1: city. You know, we don't yeah. do that shit.
0: But, hey, so I was like, it's Halloween, baby. We're going to go take the Alton tour. And we were just dating at the time, so I'm surprised he was like, all right, I'm going to stick with this chick. But I took him to a lot of the places in alton that are haunted but this was by far the scariest and let me
1: just say in alton during halloween especially they do guided tours where you can go with a group of people but we did this shit alone yeah that's child's play. (laughs) and so we go to the cemetery and we go to the elijah p lovejoy monument and you have to go up this like massive stairs you know for it takes forever to get to it and (laughs) When you're there, and mind you not, it's like 11:30 or something like that around 1130. It was 1130. late, yeah. And we get up to the monument. We're stepping, we're standing on top of like this bench area, and we're overlooking the cemetery, yeah. Right, like psychos. The bench and- is
0: like <laughs> almost a full circle too, mm-hmm. um. But you know, there's an opening where the stairs meet the top. Yeah. And so I'm standing on the right side, and Mo's standing on the left side, and it's a good distance between the two.
1: So. Yeah, and we're standing there, and I hear something just like walking on grass or on leaves. Um, It's October, so it's coming towards us. Like, dude, it's a cemetery. Who's in the dark coming towards us right now? It's
0: not a lit cemetery. There's not not lights in there. It's
1: dark. (laughs) It's dark. There's reports of like, you can see like orbs floating around if you take pictures. So there's all sorts of stuff, right? So I'm like, that's not good. (laughs) So I'm going to step down and... She's right next to me. I come towards her and she hears the same exact shit. And I'm yeah. like, let's I get just, out of here.
0: Yeah. I just looked at him and I'm like, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah. And we just like high tilted out of there. I mean, we got chased. I don't give a damn if it was a person that was making these footsteps or if it was a spirit, but I was not there for well, it. Well, not. I was you, out.
1: You just have a feeling, right? I mean, yeah. you know, when something's not natural or normal, yeah. um, I did get like,
0: yeah, and I got like an over sense, overwhelming kind of sense of like, uh Anxiety, Anxiety, like I had to get out of there. Like also,
1: you know, goosebumps, my hair on my arms. Yeah, you know, they're standing and whatnot. But anyways, what happens afterwards? Though we get, we drive away, right? We get home, and that night Leslie and I basically had the same nightmare. We were like, we were in the room that we were sleeping in, and as we were sleeping, the room that we were. We were looking we were looking at the ceiling and it basically looked like there was smoke all around Yeah.
0: Us. I saw the figure of a person, I suppose, in the yeah. in my dream and he did not um but yeah, the smoke in the room and everything that was, was spot same. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So freaking creepy if you if yeah. you don't mind me saying like but it was a hell of an incident.
1: That was your craziest experience in Alton mm-hmm. and uh we're going to jump into the first location for Alton. Now that's going to be the Alton prison.
0: The Alton prison was built in 1833 and it was the first state penitentiary in the state of Illinois. It closed in 1860 because the conditions were just appalling guys. Um, so all of the prisoners were then relocated up north to Joliet, Illinois, which is a southern suburb of the Chicago area. Um, Then, a year later, in 1861, overcrowding became a huge problem in the St. Louis prison system. So, they needed somewhere to send this excess of prisoners. They sent um, someone from St. Louis to Alton to inspect the Alton prison that was closed, and they wanted to see if it was fit for all of these prisoners to be moved over. The man that they sent agreed that, yes, this is a fit place and we can go ahead and start moving them over. But what was really, really messed up about all of this is they marched the prisoners from St. Louis to Alton. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's like a 45 minute drive nowadays to get over to St. Louis from Alton and Googling it. It's an eight-hour walk. An eight-hour walk, guys. And the most messed up part, though, is that they marched them there in February. Ooh. If you're not familiar with the Midwest winters, January and February are usually the most brutal months of winter. Freezing. Um, yeah. Freezing. They, they're they very, very cold. That's usually when we get the most snow. It's just not the best time to be walking around for yeah. eight hours and i mean these
1: guys <laughs> probably only had the clothes that they were captured in and yeah boots and, or coats I don't, i'm sure they did not have the best quality of stuff no then, so.
0: they definitely didn't it's not like they had you know north face or you know yeah nice snow exactly. boots or muck boots you know they just had what they were captured in and you know the uniforms that they wore back then weren't great anyways once you've been in combat you get holes and rips in your clothes and it just yeah couldn't have been prepared for what they were going to go through
1: yeah but. and over the next 3 years actually more than 11,000 confederate prisoners of war would be held there and uh when they got to the prison conditions were absolutely terrible and uh, they were not able to accommodate the access of prisoners at all. I mean, guys, they had no infrastructure for these prisoners. I mean, the prison system was totally messed up back in the day. They didn't Um, know what they were doing. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, This is, I mean, the beginning of prison systems and doing all of this, you
1: know? And I mean, they were so overcrowded. They were literally building three bunk beds high. Wow. Beds in the hallways like Almost every corner you turned, there was a prisoner yeah. or a bed. You were running into someone. And that obviously leads to a lot of unsanitary conditions. Um, oh, gosh. Dysentery, malnutrition, um, that led to pneumonia. Scurvy. A lot of, exactly. Yeah. And, and if you're from the Midwest, during the summer, it gets really hot and humid. Yes. And the winter is really frigid cold. Um, and later on, this led to a really bad breakout of a smallpox epidemic. Yes,
0: and this smallpox epidemic was just horrific. I mean, imagine these conditions are already not very sanitary to begin with, and you're pretty much shoulder to shoulder with other people. So, of course, it's going to spread out of control. And the prison only had a five-bed hospital. Hmm. Five-bed hospital? no way no way are they prepared to handle an epidemic of this proportion so of course they had to send these prisoners out to surrounding area hospitals and the mayor of alton started noticing that people of the community were getting sick too and he said heck no we cannot do this anymore so we're gonna not only cut off the hospitals but we're going to cut off the cemetery to these prisoners and these guards oh, as yeah. well wow so these prisoners um had been buried in a small cemetery um three miles north of the prison in North Alton
1: so now that actually leads into our second location which is still a part of the prison uh, and that is quarantine island so in in eighteen sixty three. Uh, because of the epidemic, um, the, the mayor, you know, demanded that the prison find a separate location for the sick. Um, and that is when they found this island that was basically right across uh, from the prison. So if you were in the prison, you could o- overlook into the river and you would see yeah. the island from they the prison They say that windows. there
0: were windows. And, I mean, you can tell nowadays, too, that there was. But um, can you just imagine, like... You've got one of the rooms with a view,
1: yeah.
0: and you're looking out over the river, and you're seeing day after day all of these people getting on this boat, going to this yeah. island, and you know that they're not coming back, like, or at least you don't see them come back. Oh, sure. So you know it's a death sentence going over there.
1: And not only prisoners uh, were sent to the island, some of the guards were sent to the island as well. And if you were a guard and you did not report for duty to the island, um, you were threatened with court-martial. So you were basically treated like a prisoner if you if you got sick. you know. Yeah. It, it was not a good situ- situation at all. It was a full-out pandemic breakout almost in this little city, town. And they did not have the medications and the treatments back the then. The
0: infrastructure, absolutely yeah. not. And it's kind of like, I mean, look at today. What's going on
1: yeah, absolutely. currently
0: with the world. I mean, we've got a pandemic going on and it's just... Nobody knows what to do with this either. Yeah. So, can you just imagine for a small town like that and a very confined area? Yeah, this was out of control.
1: So the guards and pris- prisoners were actually buried together with as as many as sixty bodies in a common grave. Wow. The uh, number of men who dis- who died on the island is not well documented. And the prison hospital records show an average of five to six deaths per day, wow. with about 900 buried on the island. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. And the estimated unrecorded deaths and burials on the island range from 1,000 to 5,000, wow. which is a big range. Is, yeah. But for a small island, That is a lot of dead bodies. That's a a lot of bad energy.
0: Well, and, like, let me paint a picture for you here. Like, you already know that Alton and Missouri are separated by the Mississippi River. And if you're driving down what's called the River Road in Alton, you can see, like, there's little strips of islands between the two sides. And they're not big, though. And you just, like, for me personally, I have a really hard time picturing a hospital facility with mass graves on this plot of land in the middle of the river like i just don't see it
1: happening it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's honestly if you go to alton or even if you look at pictures Mm -hmm. it's a very condensed area you guys and i i just can't imagine that this many people such a rough period of time you know during the civil war that died in terrible situation
0: yeah it's pretty astonishing what yeah. was going on and there is time. actually
1: a, a memorial and uh in the North Alton Cemetery with with the names of about 1300 Confederate prisoners of war who died in the prison um and which, which is the actual recorded number of deaths from so the you have prisons. something yeah yeah like some and idea, uh guess. in the late 1930s they completed the Alton Lock and Dam number 26 which eventually raised the water levels of the river and the island sank it went underwater and that was the end of the island.
0: It makes me wonder, like, do you think that that chunk of, like, land that was the island is still, like, underwater and it's still, like, in- entombing, like, yeah, these bodies? Might.
1: I feel like it, it's par- parts of it are still there and some parts of it are probably soaked and spread out throughout the river. And yeah,
0: like, gone downstream. Downstream.
1: And that's why that whole town in general, you know, there is dark space dark energy spread out that runs across the river. I mean, all the way down to Grafton, you know, the Piasa and the native Americans and all that. So, yeah.
0: Well, after two years of this crazy, um, epidemic that was going on and all the unsanitary conditions that were running rampant through the prison, the prison was closed, um, in 1865. And the buildings were torn down over the next few years. But what kills me is that it was built basically out of limestone, okay? These big chunks of limestone, these big bricks of limestone. And I don't know everything about the paranormal, obviously, but I do know that limestone you know, is said to attract and absorb and hold on to residual energies. Yeah. And the fact that they tore the prison wall down and then used the limestone to build, like, sidewalks, retaining walls, foundations to homes and buildings, whole buildings built out of it. It is everywhere throughout Alton. And if the stories are correct that this limestone can hold on to this energy – these spirits are everywhere. It makes sense. Everywhere, yeah, and I mean besides just the prison, all the other things that happen in Alton that cause deaths and casualty and you know tragedy, all of that is so spread out. So it's it's very very crazy to think that they use those stones the way that they did, but. What's really cool about the area that the Alton prison sat on is that there's still a partial wall standing to this day. And it's basically an L-shaped corner of the prison. And you know how we said that you could overlook Quarantine Island mm-hmm. from the prison? Well, if you look at where this corner is and you look out to the river, I'll be damned if that that isn't true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a perfect just a perfect vantage point out to the river besides like this factory building that's in the way. Like you can you could definitely see the river back then when those buildings were you
1: can there. almost kinda imagine what it was like. Yeah.
0: And it can kind mm-hmm. of give you an idea of where Quarantine Island was yeah. you know. Sure. So the um urban legend to this day though goes that if you go to that prison wall that still remains and you take a picture with it. You can catch an orb in your photo that actually happened to me one time um i brought some girlfriends over to alton from st louis one night and we were just hanging out thought we'd see the haunted attractions and we took a picture by the wall and we I'm dating myself a little bit here, but we had to go get the pictures developed at a Walgreens because we used those little disposable ones. And when we got the pictures back, though, there was an orb in one of the photographs. Mm. However, I did take Mo and we didn't get an orb in our, our pictures. Yeah. So, so it's 50, a 50-50 chance. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And that's just the beginning of Alton, you guys. Literally about 50 years since the town was founded they built this prison the civil war and all this shit went down
0: yes it's crazy what yeah. a what a time to be alive in
1: alton it went down hard and yeah you know the next location we want to talk about is probably the most popular one most some of you might have heard of this or seen it on tv and that is going to be the mcpike mansion
0: and to help us tell the story um, of the McPike Mansion, we were actually really lucky to get a phone interview with Sharon Ludke, who is the current owner. Um, guys, please keep in mind, we had to do a phone interview with Sharon, and the audio quality when we were editing didn't come out the way that we would have liked it to, but it's still a really great interview nonetheless.
1: Yes. She's, yeah. she's, an, she's a sweetheart. So and nice. George and Sharon, you know, they bought this property. Yeah. To basically keep up with it. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, Just let's-
0: bear with us through this and um, let's get into the history of the McPike. So the McPike Mansion was designed by architect Lucas Pfeifenberger and it was designed for Henry McPike. Um, The building completion was done in 1871, and it was um, a beautiful three-story brick mansion. It was on a 15-acre plot of land that was referred to as Mount Lookout. McPike's three-story mansion featured 16 rooms, a vaulted wine cellar, 11 marble fireplaces, and a grand stairway at the entrance of the house.
1: Wow, that guy was a baller, man. I mean, yeah, he was. He was a local businessman, a real estate developer, horticulturist. Uh, McPike became famous for cultivating the mammoth prize-winning McPike grape, an important species for winemaking. McPike was also involved with local politics, and he served as Alton's mayor for three years.
0: He was a really like he was a go-getter, you know. Like he he was very very.
1: Yeah. He was uh he was he was definitely a go-getter and um, Henry McPike was also a close friend of Abe Lincoln and he sat on the podium during the Lincoln douglas debate in Alton in 1858 it said Henry was also with Lincoln in Springfield Illinois when the telegram arrived informing Lincoln of his election to the presidency dude that must have been so cool to go I mean,
0: be there with the with Abe yeah well honestly I
1: mean yeah I mean he's just <laughs> You know, imagine just chilling in the 1850s, 60s, and just chilling with your boy Abe, and he gets a telegram, which is basically like a text message nowadays.
0: <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? You won the presidency. You won the presidency, Congrats. Abe. Yeah, hashtag winner. <laughs> took hey. about
1: took about ten days for that text message to arrive. Yeah, to no kidding. Office.
0: Yeah, can you imagine people who didn't live in like big <laughs> towns at the at the time, maybe living on farms in rural areas, and yeah
1: so henry was really a man of mystery and very complex he was married three times and had a total of eight children most of which lived away from henry but two of which passed away very young
0: henry's first wife would die and then his second wife he divorced then he would go on to marry his third and final wife Nellie moreland who was also 34 years his junior Henry and Nellie and their daughter, Moreland, would reside in the home until Henry's death in 1910.
2: Um, he had wintered. He had gone down to Florida and, and gone over to Cuba for the winter. He had wintered in Florida and gone extended over to Cuba. He came back in April, um, I would say towards the end of April. And um, he, uh, according to the newspaper, contracted a cold. And he had been seen around town in that, and uh, he died within a week. Uh, we think
0: we think that the funeral was held in the house. We think that. Henry's family would continue to live in the Mick Pike Mansion until 1936 when Nellie and Moreland would relocate to Colorado.
1: The house changed hands several times since, serving as Brown's business college and then a boarding house owned by Paul Lashinger. It was during this time that tenants began to experience strange phenomena that couldn't be explained. Throughout the late 30s and early 40s, people claimed to hear the sounds of children playing and laughing even when no children were present. I mean, I had a friend who, um,
2: they had the upstairs divided into three apartments, two rooms, two rooms, two rooms. Uh And I had a friend that lived there as a, a child. And she
0: said they used to get in trouble for running up and down the front stairs, and they didn't do that. When Lashinger passed away in 1945, the home became vacant again, and time started to get the best of the McPike Mansion. Windows were broken, paint began to peel, and the iron fence rusted, which gave the home a menacing look. It was around this time that passersby began to report seeing faces looming in the windows. Over the years, the dilapidated mansion grew more and more creepy, attracting many onlookers, explorers, and paranormal researchers, many of whom would recount sightings of ghosts. In
1: 1994, Sharon and George Lutke purchased the McPike Mansion from an auction, in the hopes of restoring and converting it into a bed-and-breakfast and an historical landmark. The couple hadn't been at work long before Sharon Lutke, a non-believer at the time, had her first unexplainable experience while she was outside of the house.
2: Yeah, uh, shortly, about seven weeks after we bought the house, uh, I had come up here and I saw a man in the window. And uh, I do, I hadn't seen any pictures then, but I do believe that was Paul Oshinger that I saw.
1: The man in the window wouldn't be the only strange occurrence at the mansion. George would also have his own experience as well.
2: He saw these two ladies coming towards the the mansion and so he kind of stood out of sight and they disappeared so he actually went in the house to check around to see if they had somehow gotten in and um so we talked about it later i asked how they were dressed and that type of thing and he said my senses that they were native americans
1: visitors of the mansion would even have their own experiences like spotting strange mists and orbs some even appearing in photos they would feel the sensation of being touched smell of phantom lilac perfume and hear metal doors scraping across the floor on their own. The wine cellar seems to be the epicenter of the, all the paranormal activity.
2: Henry comes in darker than the dark houses because he's got his day coat on. But, um, so, I, and um, I honestly thought one time in a tour that somebody got up and, and was walking out, but it wasn't a real person, it was a spirit person.
0: Psychic mediums and paranormal investigators also report feeling a surge of energy in the basement, even sensing the presence of Henry Guest McPike himself. All in all, it's safe to say that McPike has a great and fascinating history behind it, and Henry left a huge legacy of his name to the city of Alton. Most importantly, though, because of the Ludkeys, you can still experience the McPike Mansion yourself by taking a tour or visiting the grounds. Even Sharon believes the ghosts welcome visitors.
2: You know, I feel like they are good spirits and they like when people come. And Henry likes when people, you know, can see his house and and that type of thing. And um, his mom, Lydia, likes to be introduced
0: so please consider going to Alton to see it in person. Take a tour, explore the haunted sites, and learn a little history while you're there.
1: Well, that about wraps up today's episode, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and like this video. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow and uh, a rating. And as well as follow us on all social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at The Less and Mo Show. For those of you who did not get to enter the giveaway i'm sorry because that today was the last day it was
0: the last day (laughs) sorry but we are really glad that you all participated you guys all did such a great job sharing
1: with your friends did awesome and we cannot wait to announce the winners are going to be announced on at the end of next week's episode so you gotta stay tuned for that
0: good luck to all of you the more more you know know, the the less less you fear fear. so So tune tune in next week week, right right back back here. here bye